following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. I feel so good. I feel so numb. Use my body to keep you alive. (laughs) Damn, that's scary. You would never notice listening to the full mixed and mastered studio version of the song. But if you take away everything, you take away the guitar, the bass, the drums, the backing vocals, whatever the hell else is behind him. You just got pure, raw Rob Zombie list, my friend. It's not just Rob Zombie that like I hear. I keep hearing the American Dream Dusty Rhodes for our wrestling fans. Like, oh, daddy, I just say, now then, a thunder kiss for 1965, if you will. If that ain't enough for you, America. You going down, then you got to be a little more human than human and slam it in the back of my Dragula. You got to understand now. That's what I say. Wow. It is an amazing phenomenon. I never would have noticed that if I had not been trying to edit Rob Zombie vocals into our last episode. Yeah! But you got the American dream on you now! I almost feel like he does it on purpose. He lisps, lisps into the microphone, and I feel like it's for dramatic effect. Are you saying, like, he just, like, lisped on a banana pill and started throwing out the thunder kiss? He slips on a banana peel and slides right into the monster's front door. Supersonic. The monsters, if you will, is read a PG. Another fool that gets down on it. And that's just for a parental guidance. Parental guidance suggested. Cosmic moon in a Scorpio. Alvaro's coming in. She's going to be our real estate agent. And sink into the sea. Right now. House of a thousand corpses. Oh, pussy liquor. Ow. Oh, that sweet pussy liquor. Oh, make it thicker. Dragulus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The devil's rejects. Give, give me that, give me that. that. The Russians don't belong here. Never gonna stop. Yes. Hell yeah. Yes. I'm a I'm super, super beast. beast. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we're damn that scary. Yes, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. My name is Lisbon Glover. And I'm Steven Seagal. Oh, JK, you've been bamboozled. I'm Micah. That's Greg. I'm coming out of Reno. He's over there in Buffalo, New York. Will it ever stop? I don't know. Oh, I'm going to fight you. (laughs) I'm going to fight you. Okay, for our audience out there that listen to the show, Greg and I are on two opposite sides of the country right now. But in less than two weeks, we're going to finally be reunited and I can't wait to punch you in the fucking gut <laughs> for all these Vanilla Ice references. And we are both legitimate white zombie slash Rob Zombie fans. And we're not making fun of him. I would never do that. No, no. Him. We're laughing with him. With him. <laughs> this, is, this is all just for fun. I feel like I'm fading into a Mike Tyson. I, I've been doing Dusty the whole time. And you're, <laughs> yeah, you are going into a Tyson territory there. Like, I'm worried about getting my ear nibbled off. Vander. I hope everybody had a great and safe uh, St. Patrick's Day. I hope everybody went back and uh, re-listened to our Leprechaun 4, Leprechaun in Space episode. I hope you used your best judgment while drinking on a Thursday afternoon, like we did. I hope you guys didn't get too drunk behind the wheel, but if you did, I hope you were very cautious about it. I hope you at least have some practice. 
Well, I mean, my St. Patrick's Day, I didn't really do anything. I ate a lot of corned beef and cabbage, and I battled a demon this morning because apparently that mix of protein and all that cabbage isn't really good for my 38-year-old gut. Yeah, I hear you had an epic clash with the Golgothan. It was one of those shits where you had to take all of your clothes off to fight that demon. And you know that if you don't flush it fast enough, it's going to form into a person and attack you. It kind of did in a way, but it was definitely the Event Horizon. Yeah! The Event Horizon, of course, is the one where it goes over top of the water. It's almost like a like a sunrise. It's like the third Pirates of the Caribbean movie. <laughs> yeah, it was just shit. They have to flip the horizon to make the feces remain underwater. Yeah, no, you're right. That's actually where they filmed Pirates of the Caribbean Part 3 was in my shitter. It's actually uh, where uh, Johnny Depp's career ended up shortly after that film was shot. Oh! <laughs> We could blame Amber Heard for that. You can blame a lot of people for that. Uh, you could blame Tim Burton for that. Yeah. Actually, I recently watched Edward Scissorhands for the first time in probably, I don't know, 15 years. Was it because you were on, like, the kick after watching Mars Attacks, you felt the need to go back and watch more Tim Burton movies? If by the kick you mean uh, hallucinogenic drugs, then yes. Oh, okay, awesome. How was it? Well, with that said, it's a great time. The colors, Micah. The colors. Yeah, they're very colorful. It's a very colorful movie. There's I a like strong this. juxtaposition between the black and white, uh, leather-clad Edward and the suburban, pastel, swathed neighborhood with all the beehive hairdos and the yuppie lifestyles. It's a whole fucking thing that Tim Burton's doing. He was a little preachy back in the day. Yeah, now he's just... Oh, God, I don't even know what to call Tim Burton these days. A pussy. Well, he accepted CGI into his life and became bad. Yeah, he's like a modern-day George Lucas. If your point is that their best work is behind them and I have no hopes for their future as far as cinematography, then, uh, yeah, that's accurate. I'm still bummed out that we never got that Death of Superman movie where Nicolas Cage was supposed to play a Superman. Oh, it would have been incredible. Absolutely. I think it would have. And it was still the 90s when Tim Burton was fire. Fire. Before like everybody was... realized that Nicolas Cage was a complete psychopath. I love this resurgence of Nicolas Cage where he's just doing horror movies. and. Uh, but however, I heard that new movie that Nicolas Cage is in, The Unbearing Weight of Talent, I think it's called, uh, with Pedro Pascal. It has like 100% of Rotten Tomatoes and it's it's supposed to be really good. The Unbearable Light of Being? No, that's not right. No, that had Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, he's an excellent actor, Greg. Oh, he's fantastic. He's so method. Yeah, he's a method man. Did you know that he's actually retired? <laughs> so it makes his feats of acting that much more incredible? <laughs> he's that good of an actor. <laughs> I think There Will Be Blood was the name of Hannah Montana's sex tape. Oh, God. A public service announcement, real quick before we get into the news. I would really like people to stop saying, I see what you did there. Oh, yeah, Leave I got sick of that a long time ago, man. I don't understand why people are still doing this. How about we just leave the fucking joke as is? You do not have to hit me up with a, ah, I see what you did there. Like, yes, I know. It was a goddamn fucking pun. I don't need elaboration on the fact that you got the joke. Go fuck yourself. Leave it alone. Acknowledgement is not clever. You know, there's no reason to get mad about it. I'm just trying to ease the tension. Even though this is a kind of strange situation, there are moments of friendship and moments of, well, I don't know, you call it sharing or whatever. Okay, let's go. Well, 
I have to put over HBO Max's new show, Our Flag Means Death, which is done by Taka Waititi and the rest of the gang that worked on What We Do in the Shadows. I'm a huge Waititi fan. Dude, he's phenomenal. He plays Blackbeard in the show. (laughs) It's surprisingly kind of historically accurate. (laughs) Okay. Based on the characters and such and how Blackbeard was and like the myth and everything and how he was just kind of a regular chum and just kind of fed up. (laughs) You're telling me that his beard was authentically black in this uh, historic reproduction. With some gray. (laughs) A little bit of a gray area, would you say? I see what you did there. Fuck! (laughs) Fuck! No! Oh, I became the thing I hate! Oh, you're guilty. (sighs) But yeah, Our Flag Means Death is on HBO Max. I highly recommend everyone to check it out. I think right now there's five or six episodes. It's also gory. Good. Yo-ho-ho! This is a pirate story, and I will be goddamned if I'm not fucking terrified of being abducted by pirates and run through, so to speak. Would you rather be abducted by pirates or aliens? Oh, aliens, absolutely. Oh, same, especially, like, now the day and age we live in. You're not going to be, like, abducted by, like, washbucklers and ahoy matey are you gonna walk the plane is it like somalian ones that just chop your fucking head off life on the open seas i feel like the aliens are at least probing you for science like not not just for jollies jolly roger (laughs) maybe if you're lucky you'll get those aliens that just straight up milk you you don't get scurvy from an alien that's true but yeah, you also don't get an orgasm. Yeah, it turns out that peg leg is useful for a whole lot more than just thumping on the old poop deck. Well, the movie that divided an entire fan base this year, and I'm not talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I am talking about Scream, oh. uh, is getting another sequel. A sequel to the requel, or whatever you want to call it. There is a date set, March 31st, 2023. That's tomorrow. So, and uh, Courtney Cox has signed a contract. She will be back. She never uh, had a choice. Of course. What else is she going to do? Cook eggs for David Arquette in his bed and breakfast? Oh, they're not even together no more. Is he still doing that? Doing what? The bed and breakfast? Yeah. Remember we talked about that in episode fucking 22, which was easily our best episode? I think yeah. they can't get rid of him. Right. He's contractually obligated to sleep in one of those rooms. But is Courtney still there with him, or is that just... No, I don't think Courtney's there. I think it's one of those things, like, the whole lore of that is over, and now it's just, like, an Airbnb, so it's, like, this guy with a 5 o'clock shadow walking around in, and like, a bathroom. It has nothing to do with the Scream franchise. So, wait a minute, it's, hold on. It's David Arquette, yeah, but, like, I, he just lives there. I might just be, a, you know, a, a cynical 30-something here, but... Did they do that whole B&B shit just as a marketing tie-in for the uh, recent Scream sequel that came out? Yep. And are they abandoning that whole concept now that it's come and gone? Yeah, but David Arquette's still totally there. Well, he's homeless, Micah. He needs a place to stay. <laughs> he's wrestling for sandwiches. <laughs> Not just any wrestling matches. He's wrestling, like, death matches. <laughs> Not just any Actually, sandwiches. He's... Dick sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> what the sauce 
Those are the most expensive. Mayonnaise and hepatitis the way I like it. All cock, baby. Dexter, are you a fan of Dexter? Do you watch Dexter? Are you, uh, anything about Dexter? You mean do I currently watch Dexter? I don't know. Have you watched Dexter? I watched Dexter like everybody else in the world ten fucking years ago. Yeah, did you watch this new, like, the new Dexter? I've heard it's terrible. Is it? They don't put enough penis in it like me and David Arquette like it. <laughs> Dexter New Blood Limited Edition Stillbook. Can you say that again slowly? Dexter, New Blood, Limited Edition, Steelbook. Okay. What do you it's pay for that? I don't have a price, buddy, but it's got a, of Nine... course, with all this shit, there's a bunch of loaded extra bullshit that you'll probably never watch. Ninety nine, uh, ninety nine. Yeah, sure. Uh, that's coming out March 22nd, so, you know, tomorrow. Special edition, one nineteen ninety nine. Has Dexter's signature on it and a fingerprint that is guaranteed to contain hepatitis. Yeah, take it or leave it. No, you don't say Yeah, there's a lot of Dexter fanboys out there for sure. Well, I think it's this point of the show where I'd like to point out that Greg and I have been drinking. And I, over here, am drinking Basil Hayden Toast. It is a small batch Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey artfully aged by James B. Bean Distilling Company from Claremont, Kentucky. Oh, well, good for you. I'm drinking a Miller High Life out of an old shoe. <laughs> so the folks over at Fun.com, they just released their Halloween Michael Myers chuck taylor inspired sneaker oh. it looks like a chuck taylor this is an awesome design last year vans came out with all of these horror sneakers and i felt like they were a little too over the top i like a nice subtle touch to these and these are subtle they're black and white with kind of just an image of michael myers off near the hill it's michael myers with a taste of michael jackson they only come in kid sizes you could chase all the kids in your neighborhood with this just like Michael Jackson, they only come in kids. <laughs> Give them the kids. Give them all the kids. Oh, Greg, I'm sure you heard about this. Unfortunately, we lost a great actor in William Hurt. Son of a starred... bitch. I know. He starred in Dark City, which I think is a cult classic. I love it. Uh, the Village, which is absolute dog shit. <clears throat> he died of prostate cancer that unfortunately spread to his bones. Just before his 72nd birthday. I mean, he was in uh, the fourth floor of the village, Hellgate, The Countess, History of Violence, and The Host. He was um, fantastic in History of Violence, by the way. If anyone hasn't seen that. It's a Cronenberg oh, classic. God. Oh, where he was the, a menacing big bad monster the whole fucking time? Did I just ruin it? Well, you know, the body horror was a little subtle in that one, but it was there. Oh, no, absolutely. But William Hurt was an amorphous blob at the end of it and it was a little tough to look at yeah much like the the cancerous tumor inside of his asshole that killed him i think it was his penis how do you fuck that up beautiful have you seen eastern promises of course i fucking have i love eastern promises vigo mortensen beating the fuck out of two guys at a bathhouse while he's naked just hanging dong like a fucking boss i love vigo mortensen texas chainsaw massacre 3 is so underrated and he's so good in that also had a dong hanging scene in that no you're thinking of leatherface he hung dong in that one right where he beat the shit out of a bunch of texas hippies who were on a road trip instead of a chainsaw he just had a giant vibrating dildo. that said the dildo is family the steely um, dan april 29th guess what my friend eh. 
We're gonna be getting Joe Bob Briggs, The Last Drive-In. <laughs> a brand new season of The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. Dude, I'm so stoked for that. Oh, that's great news. It totally is. Now I can put my suicide off for a couple more months. <laughs> you can turn um, that car off. You can fucking step out and not hang out in your garage anymore. Just, uh... Wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend. No singing. No singing. Cut ties with all the lies that you... Oh, no singing. singing. All right, well, I know the, the recent rendition of It didn't really tickle your fancy, but fear not, Greg. There is a whole documentary behind the scenes. It's called Pennywise, the Story of It. And, of course, this documentary will have everything behind the casting. Interviews with the surviving cast and crew and members, which include Tim Curry. It should be uh, able to pop into our eyeballs sometime this summer on streaming services. Oh, hell yeah. Are we going to find out what finally killed John Ritter? Oh, you mean the AIDS. <laughs> ah, sorry, I love John Ritter. He didn't die of AIDS. Oh, he's fantastic. I mean, God bless him. He dealt with that problem child for three iterations. Oh, my it? God. Yeah. Two. I don't even know. That's right. You ain't going to SHIT right for a month. Wasn't there ones where they had, like, the return of Problem Child, and it was, like, a whole new cast, but it was still John Ritter? I think Kramer was in the first one, and goddamn was he racist. Oh, I thought it was really in poor taste when he told that little kid that he was a <laughs> That's all I have for the news. Greg, do you have anything to add to the table? There's a couple of things I would like to mention that I learned this week. Did you learn how to cook from the tub? Oh! I do have the George Foreman grill perched atop my little shelf. I'm just working on a way to do that without actually having the grease slide directly into the bath water. It's good for your skin. Fair enough. Why not let the grease just drip on in there? Let me enlighten you for a moment with a couple of little tidbits of trivia that I came across this week that I thought All might right. be interesting enough to share. I think by this point we all understand that it is March. March of the Penguins yeah. is in full swing. We're in our second episode because we're efficient like that. Did you know, my friend, because I know you're a big fan of this series, that the huh. original Doom video game takes place in March of 2022? What? Yeah. That is the year that Martian demons were released upon the human race. Oh my according god. According to the original Doom. Is Elon Musk going to doom us all? Oh my god, I fucking hope so. I'm basically one of his henchmen. You might be the Doom Marine that has to be, you know, boots on the ground when the actual fucking centaur demons emerge from the core of the Red Planet. Hey, hey, man, you know what? Throw me a chainsaw, and I'm in it to win it, baby. You think you're man enough? Yeah, I'm the Doom guy. Look at me. I could see your helmet from here. So here's a little interesting bit of information for you that I guarantee you, you didn't know because I just learned this, I don't know, 15 minutes ago at the most. Well, what if I do know it? Well, then that would make you the Candyman, my friend. The Candyman. The Candyman. Did you know that bees cannot fly in the dark? They immediately land on the nearest surface as soon as the lights are shut off. Interesting. Yeah, have you ever seen this phenomenon? No. If you ever needed to actually defeat the Candyman, the Candyman can. Once he emerges, Bloody Mary-like, 
tall, dark, and handsome in your bathroom covered in bees, really all you have to do is just turn the lights off. And those bees will drop straight to the floor. That's science, my friend. What? Yeah, it's a real thing. Holy shit, I didn't know that. Once you see it in practice, it's kind of amazing. Pitch black, infrared camera. These bees just hit the floor. The handyman can cause he mixes it with all that makes the world taste good. Interesting. Yeah. So they just drop. Like Corey Feldman himself during one of his famous overdoses, allegedly. Oh, Alright, so here's another little fact for you that maybe you weren't aware of. Did you know that the federal government is willing to pay TikTok influencers to brainwash our nation's impressionable youth? Oh, thank God, this was only a matter of time before we turned into fucking Soviet Russia. Yeah, it's a real thing, and uh, it happened this week. I hate to make this a political podcast, but yeah, watch yourselves, TikTokers. I got hey. my eye on you. You know what? We are a horror podcast, and that is real life horror. And I said to myself, what a country. <laughs> Freedom in the box. Thank you very much. So those are a couple of things that I recently learned in the last week. It's interesting. I found out that Daniel Day-Lewis is a... God damn, that's got to be tough. You know he built a log cabin? All right, Greg, thank you so much for the Greg facts. I don't know, is that going to be a new segment in the show? Is this the Greg Corner? I don't know. I was trying to enlighten you for a moment. I, I, maybe this will catch on. Uh, I think it's time for yeah. us to apologize. Oh, fuck. This again. All right, Matt. Oh, beautiful. I want to start off just, you know what? Actually, the only thing I have to apologize for, because last week I was absolutely perfect, and I didn't fuck up once. I've always thought that about you. Thanks, man. But I really want to apologize to our Christian fan base this month. I know the theme this month may be a little controversial and that you think that we're actually covering penguin horror, but instead we're covering the clergy horror. And to add on top of that, my fine friend over there designed the logo for the month with three very, very hot lesbian nuns just getting it on. Hot nuns just totally scissoring each other's timbers is so awesome. It's a and celebration. I and I can't think of anything more damn that scary than Sister Christian and Sister Mary Joseph just going to town on each other. So I just want to apologize to our Christian fan base for this month if we're offending you. Uh, but I, I hate to, to tell you that uh, religion's just all made up. I hate to burst your bubble, here. my friend. Yeah. I don't know if we have a Christian fan base. Oh, we totally do. I think we don't may we? have fucked that up a long time ago. I've been on Christian Mingle for a while now since my divorce, and uh, I've been sending links out to the show left and right, and they keep saying they like it, so there you go, man. Yeah, but they're like, fucking eight years old so they like everything i think next week i'm going to apologize to a lot of kids just like michael jackson <laughs> so i guess i'm up naturally i also have a lot to atone for from last week i don't think this is going to surprise anyone but <laughs> this is going to be a rather offensive month so yep in dts form in our last episode our best episode I callously, foolishly, referred to the lead actress in our featured film 
as an alleged victim of fetal alcohol syndrome. I think you probably remember that. Well, I think she was. Yeah. Um, this was improper, insensitive, and frankly, it was downright rude. Yeah. To all the noble blockheads out there who got a little boozy in the womb, I apologize. You're perfectly capable of leading normal, successful lives in spite of your beady eyes and your carnival mirror proportions. Don't let that FAS get you down. Your life has been a slapstick uphill battle from day one, but with bravery and sheer perseverance, I'm sure you can one day get ironic revenge on your mothers by developing <laughs> an alcohol addiction of your own. <laughs> In fact, many of you probably never had a choice. And for that, I apologize. Very good. Oh, and to the actress from last week's movie, maybe try a different line of work or something. I don't know. Thank you. Or you could have at least showed your tits. Okay, <laughs> that's that's all I got. That was great, Greg. I feel better. I know you feel better. I think it's time to get into the review of the movie of the week. March of the Penguins continues with... Halfway, Halfway House. House. Last week, I picked the movie, and it totally sucked. Greg, uh -huh. this was your pick, and this might be my new favorite movie. It might be the best movie of all time. This might be our best episode of all time. Probably. Realistically. Uh, it's definitely Daniel Day-Lewis's favorite episode. So why don't we go back to one of my favorite times in history, one of my favorite times in life. I just turned 21. I was young, dumb, full of cum. I'm talking about 2004. Back when we all lived in the halfway house. Directed Have by we... Kenneth J. Hall. Anthony Michael Hall's younger brother. I don't know if that's accurate. It's not. Okay. But Ken is an expert on the art of foam fabrication. He's a special effects master who worked on both critters and ghoulies. You may recognize a couple of those. Fuck uh, yeah. He's the creator of the Carnosaur. No big I deal. love Carnosaur. And he also designed the octopus from Ed Wood. I didn't know that. That is a fact. That's really cool. Kenneth J. Hall. This man has a, a little bit of a history in special effects. This is one of his first directorial outings. But he also directed Linnea Quigley's Horror Workout. And you'll also recognize some of the actors from this film as uh, some of the stars from that very specific, what is the, uh, what's the word for it? Uh, pornographic film. Really? It yeah. wasn't a porno. It was pretty fucking close. So you actually watched Linnea Quigley's workout? Oh, many times, yeah. Yeah, actually, as a teenager, I got a copy of it, and it's one of the reasons why I have to have surgery on my carpal tunnel. Oh, have you seen it in slow motion? <laughs> it's a whole different world, my friend. You really get to absorb the uh, the Daniel Day-Lewis performance from the background. He's He was the fireplace. To defeat my enemy, I extinguish his flames. Consume him as I consume the... <laughs> Young girls are disappearing in and around the Mary Magdalene halfway house for troubled girls. Desperate to find out what became of her sister, Larissa Morgan goes undercover to infiltrate the Catholic-run institution. It's not long before she's caught up in a twisted web of sadism, violence, and wanton lust. 
before finally learning the ultimate secret of the halfway house. This is one of those movies that I wish was made in the 90s so I could have pounded off to it growing up. Oh, like you didn't pound off to it in 2022. Oh, you mean earlier today? <laughs> Greg, yeah, I did. The girls in this movie are so hot and they're so 2004. And like I mentioned before, I absolutely love that early 2000s era so much. I love the chicks, how they dressed. I love the makeup. I love the hair. The low-rise jeans with the bell bottoms, the big chunky boots, the bright shiny lipstick. I love it so much. And you know what's it, fantastic about March of the Penguins month? Huh. Is it's fucking hot. All the it's time. It's so hot. Pretty solid cast here, and not one of them looks like an adult fetus. Yeah, so far so good. So without further ado, how about we get to our list of characters? Please, take us back to 2004. Who do we have first? Here we go. First up, we've got Larissa, who is a concerned sister, an undercover addict, a sneaky Pete, a phone smuggler, an upright citizen, and a sexual dynamo. Oh, she has excellent breasts. Yeah, and she is not afraid to just whip them around from oh. person to person throughout the plot of this film. Oh, God bless her. Just as important is Mr. Dick Sheen. I hear you like to keep your weapon clean. I don't even have nicknames for some of these characters because when you're coming in with Dick Sheen, I can't improve on that. He is a shiny penis police cop, a horny <laughs> investigator, a reluctant paraplegic, a true coxman, a real Charlie Sheen type, and by that I mean he possibly has HIV. Oh! <laughs> He also looks like that guy that peaked in high school. Makes him more comfortable. We can call him Emilio Estevez for the rest of the review. Emilio! Emilio! Quack, 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 Gordon. quack, quack. Stop, quack, quack, quack. So next, we have Chief Dipshit, who is a cocky misogynist, an ignorant loudmouth, a lackluster investigator, a half-assed Catholic. He looks like a shitty Harvey Keitel. And that's all I have for this guy, because he is not very long for this world. No, he's in a few scenes, and he say he has a couple good lines, but for the most part, he sucks. He's just kind of an asshole. His whole role is just being a dick. I think the reason why I didn't really care about him too much is that he wasn't one of the women in the movie. He didn't have a great set of breasts. That's a very good, uh, very good observation. Hey, man, that's why I'm here. So this next one will be a little bit more up your alley. Oh. This is Sister Cecilia. Ooh, Sister C? She's a hard-ass, a disciplinarian, a dictatorial bitch, a religious zealot, a Lovecraftian cult leader, a Maleficent cosplayer, and a monster womb. And this actress is actually, she's a little bit recognizable. Have you seen her before? Help me out. She's in a lot of the old uh, Andy Warhol videos, I think Chelsea Girls. She is the mother oh. in the Suicidal Tendencies music video for Institutionalized. Oh, man. All she had to do was give her son a Pepsi. It's so spicy. Pepsi's so spicy. It's so spicy. Pepsi spicy like a hot lady. He'll never be satisfied. He just wanted a Pepsi. I mean, better that than some drugs, right? Yeah. Maybe she should have just given him some drugs. You know what? There's no high fructose corn syrup in drugs. There might be fentanyl, but 
you know, there's no preservatives. Pessy spicy, like a sassy boy, 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 boy. Then we have Father Fogarty, who is... Oh, a, I love this guy. ...who is a creepy priest, a pipe smoker, a jelly bean pusher, a porn hound, a sadomasochist, a kid toucher, a childish dweeb, and a man who truly cares about his women. I don't think he's a kid toucher. I think this guy gets a pass. Mm. I think you leave him alone for long enough. Give him a wide enough margin. Might touch some kids. All the women that he touched in this movie were grown. They were full-grown adult women. To be fair, he never actually touched them. It was more like he whipped them, slapped them a little bit, left his mark. Oh, we'll talk about that. Yeah, he's a... What's the word? Sadist? Priest? Ah, okay, okay. Real pastored, that one. Our next character, I just called Goober. He's a custodian, a handyman, a pervert, a kidnapper, a cult acolyte, a monster groomer, an addictive masturbator, a nut smasher, and a machete thrower. He's really good at throwing machetes. Mm -hmm. uh, also, I kept calling this guy Clint Howard. He's a real Howard type. Yeah, real Clint. Then there's Angelina, who is an aggressive, hostile gang leader. A spicy knife fighter, a rapist, a potty mouth, a glass jaw, and she has hepatitis and is not afraid to fuck for beer. No, she will totally suck your dick if you say please. That sounds like a pretty good deal to me. I love her. Next, we have Edwina, Eddie, a strong, noble, dominant top who is friendly but firm. Mm. She's a bad influence, an escape artist and an annual pie-eating contest champion. Oh, yeah, and a classic boy beater. Oh, she shows off those skills throughout the film. I love her, too. Well, last but not least, it's Cherry Pie. She's my Cherry Pie! No singing! Cold drinking! Oh! No. I'm leaving. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. Okay. If you can control it. How can we carry on? Oh, God. When you can't way, control yourself. I can't. It just writes itself. Well, she is a shy, quiet, innocent virgin. She's an airhead. A terrible liar, a curious bisexual, a perpetual cunnilingus receiver, and an amateur proctologist. Hey, that song is the reason why the lead singer of Warrant killed himself. So let's get right into the plot. You know what? Let's fuck the plot. Let's get right into the opening font of this movie. The font has that, like, mall rats style where it kind of slides across and it's like the fun like 90s style like i like that shit and that tells me right away that we're gonna have a good time we go to this smoking hot babe she's going for a jog through a city i don't know what fucking city it is who cares this is annie she's on a refreshing afternoon jog and i'm pretty sure she's a porn star pretending oh, to be an actress absolutely i think they all are 
but you know it's 2004 because she has a radio headset on, which at this point I feel like was new technology. Fuck, man, was it? I feel like this was a little dated. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, the Nano came out around this time. Well, regardless, she gets unceremoniously abducted by rogue thugs and then ceremoniously tied up and stripped down. She's one of those people during the jog where she stops at the light and jogs in place. Uh I cannot stand people that do this. Like, just wait 10 fucking seconds and then keep going. Your heart rate is not going to drop. You're just being a real dick right now. Can I be honest with you? Yeah. Doesn't bother me. But you know what? She makes up for it by having great boobs. (laughs) So eventually, a large door is opened, revealing a big, rubbery monster who wastes no time eating her boobs. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of thought this thing was going to be a rape monster. It kind of was. Yeah, because of the tentacles. Turns out it's just doing a chomp. And it sends us right into the title screen. Halfway House. The titular screen. Which I feel about 60% of our listeners had to go through. And for that, we thank you. Thank you. I feel like this movie may have been commonly confused for a TV series that was out around the same time. There was a TV show called The Halfway House? It turns out it was also called The Halfway House. Interesting. What was that about? Was that about a bunch of nuns scissoring? Confusion was probably justified. Understood. So, we go to a police station where the dipshit chief and his subordinate are laughing about tasting the shit out of a criminal in their not-so-distant past. You know what? And they're just boys being boys, having a good time, telling stories, tasing each other. Uh-huh. But then who comes in the room to ruin everyone's perfect day? A woman! Every time. I remember this time about uh, 10 years ago, I took a bar stool and I was going to hit a dear friend in the head with it. And who grabbed it from me but a woman? (laughs) Saved you from a prison sentence, I think, is what that was. Eh, whatever. She ruined a good time. Did you actually try to hit somebody with a bar stool? It turns out, you know what? Yeah, she probably was right and she definitely saved me there. Oh, she was absolutely right about that. Oh, yeah, you know, she was. You, you yeah. could have killed a man with a piece of wood. You know what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, was a, that was a heavy bar stool. Yeah. Thanks, baby. So Larissa pops in to inquire about her missing sister, who is the porn star from the opening scene. The chief says what we're all thinking in comments about her large boobs. Yeah, he says nice tits, eh? What I meant was, here is a form. You have to fill it out. Reporting that your sister is missing, and you could give it to... Uh, Inspector Wuchka, who gives a fuck? So Inspector Charlie Sheen follows her outside and tells her that they've been investigating the Mary Magdalene halfway house for curious girls for some time now. And my God, can we talk about this fucker's jawline for a second? It turns out that it's right across the street. So Larissa says, I'll just go right the fuck over there. But Charlie Sheen says, let me take care of it for you. Because I'm a man. So he goes knocking at the door, and who answers? It's Sister Cecilia, who denies any knowledge of Annie's disappearance. But she says, you know what? I'm going to pray for her anyway. But it's at this point that the cop actually notices behind Sister C that uh, Clint Howard has a set of headphones on that look very suspicious. Yellow, just like Annie's. Her high-tech radio headset was apparently one of a kind. So 
if a custodian in a convent is wearing one of these, you just know that he stole it from someone. There's no way he went to Radio Shack and got it himself. Oh, no, because he looks like a homeless man. Clearly, they don't have a dental plan. Lisa needs braces. So Larissa is now very suspicious. Uh, So the chief tells Dick Sheen to stop thinking with his dick, Dick, and start thinking with his head. So, So Dick, Dick, and Larissa, they end up leaving, and they go straight to the sex. Sheen apologizes for the chief's shitty behavior and makes it up to Larissa by immediately dicking her down. And as he's dicking her down, he says such great things that would dry up a clam in no time. Like, boy, too bad your sister isn't here to join us. Oh! (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, a little awkward. Conversational sex is just great. (laughs) This is where Larissa uses such MK Ultra tactics where she is grinding on his cock, trying to get him to say yes to letting her go undercover at this halfway house, and he keeps saying no, but he is closer and closer to climax, where all he can say is, Oh, yes! (laughs) (laughs) This might be the best scene of this movie, because we kill two birds with one cock. Sheen's brain says no, but Johnson agrees wholeheartedly. So he drops her off at this fucking halfway house. Sister Cecilia takes her in without question and introduces her to Father Fogarty. Father Fogarty offers her a jelly bean. And creepily promises to keep her safe. You just, you can never trust a priest with jelly beans. Larissa meets her new housemates who all argue over who gets to scissor the new girl first. Oh my god, all these bad girls make me miss 2004 so much more. And this is a hot debate. Literally a hot debate. They're like sharks in well-chummed waters. Luckily, Edwina shows up with cherry pie. And this is what I said earlier about Eddie was wearing a tank top that says, Boy Beater. Boy Beater. What, what, what do you think she means by that? It could mean one of two things. We'll leave that to the audience's imagination. So Larissa sneaks off during chore time to investigate Fogarty's office. And I absolutely love that Larissa is wearing a white wife beater right now with big-ass baggy overalls with one of the straps undone. And again, I cannot stress enough the nostalgia I felt watching this movie. It's very 2004. That was such a hot look. But she finds a bunch of S&M gear porno mags, blow-up dolls, the works, and she is just a little bit confused. This turns into a whole Benny Hill skit where she's fumbling over the blow-up doll, the sex toys, the porno mags, as uh, John Fogarty walks back in. There must be a bad moon rising because Fogarty arrives inopportunely to find that his favorite girl has been stuffed under the desk. Oh, Princess Leia? For those of our fans who've been with us since the Podcast Precinct's Look At Us Live event 2012, you might understand that reference. For everybody who's just joined in, which I can only assume there's thousands of you, yeah, you're not going to get it. Yeah, Greg and I took turns fucking a blow-up doll named Princess Lahir. It's a little sticky. After we get this fun Benny Hill slapstick skit, We get to some real hot lesbian action, and isn't that why we're watching this movie in the first place? We get Eddie 
with her face in between Cherry Pie's legs, and I literally mean going down on her, munching that box, eating that carpet, slobbering the taco, having herself a real good time. Cherry Pie is moaning like Daniel Day-Lewis at a candy store. You've come to the right man because I'm the candy man. So then if this scene couldn't get any hotter, it is now Terry's pie turn to deliver. And boy does she ever, by putting on some surgical gloves, dipping her entire hand in a tub of Vaseline, and shoving it straight up Eddie's ass. And no, I am not exaggerating. No, they don't show it, but the implication is there. She puts her entire forearm inside her friend's anus. I haven't had this much fun since that time I was smuggling drugs to the airport, Greg. It's usually not cheap. No, this kind of stuff you gotta pay for. But also, why are we wearing gloves here? That's not fun. It's a little impersonal. Condoms a... are for losers. Well, Eddie, who surprisingly can still walk, decides that tonight is the night to escape. And she makes a rope out of the sheets and decides that she's gonna hop right out the window. Yeah, I love that she's like, hey, now that you're done fisting my asshole, let's go climb out the window like it's gym class. Yeah, but Sister Cecilia shows up right on time and detaches the sheet rope from the bed frame, dropping Eddie down to the pavement. She checks on Cherry Pie, who is pretending to be asleep. Goober then chases Eddie through a sewer? Uh, yeah, it's the crypt underneath this halfway house, which apparently isn't that hard to get to. And he's got a look on his face that definitely doesn't say, I'm just here to share my jelly beans. Man, yeah. Well, he eventually corners her and throws a sack over her head. And she wakes up topless on the sacrificial chamber floor, just like Annie. Yep, then Sister Cecilia shows up. She's showing her amazing Evil Lynn cosplay for Masters of the Universe. There's a little back and forth dialogue there. And she explains the whole plot behind this movie. And that's that they are taking these girls from the halfway house and feeding them to this monster. Uh, so therefore, we got Clint Howard opens up the door, exposing this monster, snatching up Eddie, gobbling her up in about two bites, two very vicious bites, mind you. And then after that, we get to the next scene, which is Father John Fogarty pressing all the other girls about where Eddie could have gone. Nobody wants to fess up. So he decides that he needs to meet privately with Cherry Pie. She's my Cherry Pie! Yeah, and this basically means he's about to whip the shit out of her until she gives him a little bit of information. Yeah, because that's totally his thing. That's how he gets off. Yeah, he tries to whip the truth out of her, but he gets nothing. Instead, calls the chief, who's confused and oblivious to the whole ordeal. Larissa sneaks around badly, I might add, and is immediately made by Goober, who hides in a sewer like the Rat King that he is. The Rat King? He's the one who grabbed April! I love that this is basically the set of, like, a Hellraiser movie. Yeah, there's a lot of whips and chains. And blue lighting. But, you know, no time for that, because at this point, we get a nice, long, steamy shower scene. Thank fucking God, finally. Fuck all that shit. Here comes Mongo. We got every girl in the halfway house soaping and sudsing each other up. 
with uh, Clint Howard looking behind a peephole, staring at them where he exclaims, yeah, yeah, soap up. Oh, nice Goober pulls a up. big old porkies in this scene. And we learn that Cherry has whip scars all up on her buttocks. Which is pretty hot. Yeah, I feel like that's the entire point of this scene is just to like show that off. So uh, this is kind of the caliber of film that we're dealing with here. Yeah, this is before kink.com. So this was kind of like all we had at the time, right? Yeah, back in the, the savage days. The Captain Stabbing days. Before you all, you kids just had puss on your phones. Back in my day, you had to work for puss. And this is where Cheap Dipshit decides that he wants to meet with Fogarty to inquire about the missing girls. He says he wants to, quote unquote, take a look around. Which basically means I'm going to try out that Porky's hole. Yeah, man. Stick your dick in there. They'll eventually grab your crank. He stumbles accidentally into the Goober sewer where he finds various clues one by one. A little bit of fabric, maybe some blood. And eventually uh, he stumbles his ass into the torture chamber where he inevitably, oh, I don't know. Gets bored! bored! He gets bored! Friday the 13th, part 7 style. Jason Voorhees, weed whacker to the stomach. Guts are everywhere. Fuck him. He's dead forever. Oh, That's what happens when you're a dick in a horror movie. Yeah, Goober turns his abdomen into a pie filling with a weed whacker. Shiny Dick calls up Larissa to say the chief has been first degree bored. And he needs more info on Cecilia and the Goobster. But then fuck all that shit because we get to another very hot interrogation scene with uh, with the bad girls led by Angelina holding Cherry Pie down, trying to get some information from her to find out where Eddie actually went. And uh, they open up her robe exposing some very hot lingerie. Oh yeah, Angelina and her droogs decide that it is now time to teach Cherry Pie how to love with a little help from a statue of the Virgin Mary. Oh yeah, and just like uh, the droogs in A Clockwork Orange, they are going for a little bit of the ultraviolence, a little bit of the old in-out, in-out. Taking the Virgin Mary, the Madonna herself, dipping her head first in a tub of economy-sized Vaseline and about to slide it on up Cherry Pie's Cherry Pie. But Larissa pops in just in time to start throwing punches and save the day. Saves the day, okay, sure. Angelina whips out a switchblade, but quickly gets KO'd. Cherry Pie wonders aloud, How can I ever repay you, Larissa? And they're literally scissoring before they can even fucking finish that sentence. Yeah, I think they just kind of like the whole, hey, save it. We got other fish to fry. Did I uh, did I misinterpret that whole scene? Yes. Okay. Larissa's not into it. She likes the cock. Well, at this point, Angie is wandering the grounds dejected. She decides that she's going to meet with a creep named Spider, who apparently is her boyfriend outside. It turns out, little Angelina has just been <laughs> for the stay. Can we still say that in 2022? Nope. Okay. Oh, but this guy, Spider, he totally sucks. He doesn't have eyebrows. He has a big old black widow on his shiny dome forehead. Yeah, Spider really... brought a bunch of beer and dick. So it's time to party. 
And she says, you know what? I'm going to polish your crank as long as you give me a little bit of alcohol. And he's like, hey, are you just going to drink my beer all night? Are you going to suck my dick? And she's like, well, not with that attitude. And he's like, please. Doesn't take a whole lot of convincing. But Goober, without delay, cock blocks him with a machete to the neck. Hey, don't you hate it when they uh, take head but never give it? Yeah, he got bored. He got bored! Shaw Michaels. One thing this movie is not is boring. I love the transition scene here of Angelina screaming, and it's a close-up of her face, and then it zooms back, and it's her tied up to the pentagram in the uh, the Hellraiser basement layer, which is really easy to find. A nice little shot of the bosoms there. I think that's what you're really uh, talking about. Great breast. And also, I gotta give it up. This chick is ripped. This might be the first time that we get a really good view of the creature effects in this movie. Yes, before it's just been close-ups of tentacles and a big eyeball. You see some dripping drool, some waving tentacles. I mean, it's really not bad. I I think this creature looks great. This is really uh, Kenneth Hall showing off his SFX prowess at this point. I think this thing looked great. I would be proud of it, too. I hate CGI, and this thing rocked. Yeah, so Cecilia explains that Angelina's flesh is going to feed her Cthulhu god in an effort for uh, this alien monster to be reborn onto Earth, right? Yeah. For whatever reason, she thinks that men are terrible. She hates the corruption of male civilization. And she's ready to bring in a new master race. And as I'm describing this now, I'm kind of realizing, is this a little, like, kind of Nazi head? Nazi. Yeah, a little little too much ubermensch in your cereal today, Cecilia. And this is where Fogarty once again chastises the girls over yet another disappearance. And this time... He decides to whip the shit out of Angelina's homegirls. Uh, it kind of goes back and forth between Cecilia playing the, the organs. She's playing in the Gata Vida. Mm-hmm. They're having a great time. Cherry Pie kind of shoots her shot by trying to hold Larissa's hand. Doesn't Larissa, work. she ain't having it. And while this is going on, John Fogarty is whipping the holy shit out of the Droob's asses. And he is quoting The Exorcist the whole time while swatting their bare ass cheeks with a studded paddle that just says the word Jesus. Oh, and Jesus, this is fucking hot. And he is having a great time, just like the audience. But moving right along, shitty Charlie Sheen meets with Larissa to tell her that Cecilia in the past was deranged by a gang rape experience. And she moved on to Miskatonic University, which some of our more astute listeners might recognize as a famous location from the work of H.P. Lovecraft. Yep. And this is where she allegedly stole a copy of the Necronomicon. You know what, man? We could get the Necronomicon at your local bookstore. This was the Necronomicon, my friend. The big one. The one thing we know about this, when this pops up in a movie, it is the root of all evil. You know there's going to be some trouble. Twobble. So Larissa gets caught sneaking back into the halfway house, because she's really just the worst undercover agent of all time. Fogarty says, it's high time for some ass paddling, and he goes straight to town. Oh, thank God. Larissa tells Cherry 
that she's an undercover brother. But instead of scissoring, they go search Sister Cecilia's room for clues. And meanwhile, while they're in there, I gotta say, Cherry Pie is the absolute worst at being a lookout. Yep. Uh, all she wants to do is just just get it on with Larissa in Sister Cecilia's bed, because, oh, that would just be so hot. Larissa, she ends up stumbling on the actual Necronomicon. You could totally tell it's a Necronomicon, because it says in big, bold letters, Necronomicon. Oh, it's literally written right on the cover. The Goobster captures Cherry Pie and serves her up on a windowsill to the waiting Elder God monster. Meanwhile, Larissa gets knocked out, or she gets tied up by the goober, uh, because they have to make that look like an accident. They have to uh -huh. get her far the fuck away from there. Luckily, Emilio Estevez shows up just in time to rescue Larissa before she can be disposed of. They interrogate Gooby, who escapes with a precision nutshot and disappears into the sewer. I can't believe that this fucking cop is having such a hard time with this guy. He's really terrible at his job. And apparently he's like the only cop left in the city. And just like an asshole, he gets sneakily bored with a machete to the spine. Yeah, it turns out that uh, Detective Fucknuts here is absolutely worthless. He's really not good at investigating. He's not good at rescuing. I, I guess he was okay at throwing punches, but... And he was probably bad at sex, too, man. He's sort of a dipshit. Yeah, he's, a, he's just kind of a failure. Just like his chief, who was also bored earlier in the film, now that I think of it. Yeah. I kind of understand why this convent is so confident in kidnapping young women right across the street from a police station. Hey, man, hiding in plain sight, right? These cops suck! Oh, they're the worst. So Larissa arrives just in time to save Cherry with, I mean... Very obvious Ripley catchphrase. Get away from her, you bitch! Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yep. And this is where Cecilia decides that she's going to explain it all. Yep, just like Clarissa. But as they're explaining, now much like the sex scene earlier with the sex dialogue, we get fight dialogue where Cecilia is fighting Larissa, explaining how she was raped by 13 men. So she's about to uh, shit out an entire new Aryan race. And thusly destroy mankind as it is. Yeah. Uh, but before she gets to do that, Dick Sheen, Emilio Estevez, shows up to save the day. Yeah. Sort of. And we get an array of stabbings. Fogarty gets bored by Goober. Goober gets bored by the Sheenster. And Cecilia, in turn, gets bored by the space monster and the reason why she gets bored by the space monster is that larissa actually shoots it in the eye with another benny hill gag which is uh oh god who am i grabbing here this must be the one that i want to eat yeah i think she just gets lucky and pops him right in the eye uh and then we get another jaws scene coming up here with uh oh well god what does she say we're gonna need a bigger boat larissa cannot resist yet another stolen catchphrase and she shoots a gas canister in the alien monster's mouth saying, Smile, you son of a bitch. I, that was fine, but then why did she have to follow it up with, I'll have what she's having? Yeah, and then she was like, I'll be back. Yeah, and then she was like, I am the law. And then like 10 minutes to Wapner. Are you looking at me? You complete me. Maybe this is as good as it gets. Show me the money. We all go a little mad sometimes. I'll drink your milkshake. 
Mm, hand me some french fried taters. Get your paws off me, you damn dirty ape. I'll make you squeal like a pig. Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Oh, yeah, we see a big old fat person. I'm walking here. How about I give you the finger and you give me my phone call? Hasta la vista, baby. Take her to the sewer rock. <laughs> what we got here, failure to communicate. You suck dicks, private. Say hello to my little friend. It turns out I was sleeping with the enemy. There's no crying in baseball. I'm gonna make him an offer we can't refuse. Don't call me Shirley. And then she said, so many pleasures of flesh. And then she was like, life is like a box of chocolates. And then she was like, if it bleeds, we could kill it. And then she said, you're gonna need a bigger boat. And then she goes, you're all my children now. Hold on to your butt! <laughs> the end! So there it is, Greg. 2004 Halfway House. Thank you so much for joining us in this review. Greg, how do you feel about this movie? What a good film this was. Yeah. You can really see the decades of experience that uh, Kenneth Hall brings to the table with those creature effects. Fucking beautiful. Plenty of nuns. Plenty of... How do we say... Lesbian scissoring. Oh, so hot. I mean, I don't want to sound crude, but... That is probably at least 60% of the plot. Yeah, I was a big fan of the butts. This is a great film. Might be my favorite film of modern times. Easily our, our greatest review. Goes without saying, this is a 5 out of 5. What do you think? I'm going to go out and say five out of five. I fucking love this movie. I'm probably going to watch it again tonight when we're done uh, oh, I don't doubt that. recording here. I had a lot of fun watching it. 2004 is a very special year to me. Just the shit that I did that year was just crazy. Might be my favorite um, year. I, uh, I fucking love this movie. I, I just, it's just so much fun. You can't hate it. Five out of five easily. It had gore. The acting wasn't unbearable. It was that fun bad. They were like A-list acting porn stars. Hey, lipstick on a pig, my friend. Hey, man, that's right. I like a good slam pig. What I'm getting at is is that this movie's awesome. Everyone should check it out. It's streaming on Tubi for free. Mm -hmm. Halfway House. Enjoy it. We're going to continue March of the Penguins next week. Live it. Love, Love it. it. Love each other? Care for one another. But most importantly, keep, keep it, it spooky! spooky! Damn, that's scary. Moaning like Daniel Day-Lewis with a crayon in his ass. <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis, what are you, my dad? Even the fattest pig is fuckable. That's what I've always said. Uh, yes!